You are listening to Food Means Business, a podcast featuring personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a food business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. Vanessa, Vanessa, welcome to the Food Means Business podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Oh my gosh, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Full circle moment. <laughs> yeah, very much so for us because we met, I don't know, was it like five years ago? I don't remember. Probably about three and a half years ago. Three and a half yeah. years ago. Okay, it's a, a blur. But yeah, and um, <laughs> you, you you took one of our, our class, our boot camp class, when you were in the planning stages of what is now Ensemble, this wonderful um, D2C uh consumer packaged goods business. So I'm so excited to hear about everything that you're doing. So if you could just start out, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I am Vanessa Pham um, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Omsom. We are a proud and loud Asian food brand that exists to reclaim Asian flavors because they've been diluted in mainstream grocery stores for far too long. And then beyond that, we really seek to as a brand educate on the multitudes within Asian America. So um, we craft pantry shortcuts. They're little sauce packets that you can use to make your favorite Asian dishes in under 15 minutes. You just pair them with your favorite veggies and protein. And um, I launched the company in May of 2020 with my sister, who's my co-founder. We're both the daughters of Vietnamese refugees. That plays a huge part in how we see the world, why we built the company. Um, And yeah, I mean, the first... Two years in market has been beyond anything we could have imagined. Um, we sold out for the first time in 72 hours and since then have sold out over 15 times. Um, we've had over 50 fully dedicated features in national news outlets, um, like on the CNN homepage or through a New York Times print twice. Um, we've launched partnerships with iconic brands like Disney and Instant Pot. Um, and yeah, now this year we're launching nationally in grocery stores. So we're so excited mm-hmm. to bring our real deal Asian flavors to more and more folks. So, oh my God, that's so amazing that what, what, what you guys have been able to accomplish in the past two years. So let's step back for a second. Let's talk about Vanessa working in that corporate job and just <laughs> making the decision to start a business with, with her sister. So if you could give us a little bit of background about you, your, your working life before yeah, the business. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so I am based out of New York and I came here In 2016, after I graduated from college, I went to Harvard for undergrad. I ran um, an e-commerce business while I was a student there and kind of got my feet wet in the world of business. From there, I worked at Bain as a management consultant, advising Fortune 500 CPGs on their retail strategy and their growth strategy. And it was an incredible learning experience. But pretty quickly, I started feeling this itch. I felt like there weren't enough perspectives like mine being heard in the world. Um, Like I said, I'm the daughter of Vietnamese refugees. I was a 24-year-old Southeast Asian woman at the time. And I just really wanted to change national dialogues. I wanted to have a chance to impact them and get my perspective out in the world. And I felt like as long as I was in that kind of corporate path, that would be such a long road to get to a place where people would give me that platform. 
moreover, climbing that ladder, I felt like I was risking potentially changing my own value system to be able to climb that, right? And that just was a risk I wasn't willing to take. And so at that point, um, I reached out to my sister. We went hiking in Bolivia. And on that trip, we started talking about what if we did this crazy thing? What if we quit our jobs and started a company together? (laughs) And with that, we pretty much made the decision, which was so scary, especially without generational wealth. It continues to be a very you know, stressful job that is really challenging at every turn. And it's, it's been, you know, a whole journey in the past three and a half years that we've kind of been working broadly on the company and two years that we've been in market. Um, and I've learned so much, but that's kind of, yeah, kind of the path from management consultant at Bain to um, CEO of a food company. <laughs> so thank you. So it'd be great to hear like what, what are the steps you took? I, obviously, the brand was really important. Did you start with building your brand first and then kind of develop the product around that? Or how did it work? Yeah. So just given my like analytical background, the first thing that we did, well, the very first thing that we did before we even knew what we were going to do was while we still had our jobs, Kim, my sister, and I got together and we started just brain dumping on all the things that we wanted to impact, all the things that we cared about and the industries we were most interested in. And there's so much energy around this mission of educating on the multitudes within Asian America, um, creating a visibility for our narratives because historically Asian Americans have been flattened or erased like culturally. Right. Um, And then from there, food became a place where we had a lot of energy around because we felt like food was, oftentimes the first foray or step for folks to start to engage with Asian culture. Um, we do not think that it is, you know, meaningful enough, which is why our brand stands for so much more than just food and the areas that we touch culturally and from a dialogue and, and um, content perspective was far, far reaching, but we felt like those were the areas we were most energized by. From there, we started to just do research on the current state of Asian food, Asian cooking in America. So we surveyed 200 people. Mm-hmm. We interviewed a hundred between the two of us and we actually watched 50 people cook in their homes pre-pandemic. And <laughs> we learned so much from that. And that's when we started from those learnings, we designed our first product, um, which we call the starter. And then from there we built the brand. So at a high level, that's kind of what the journey looked like. And then we just started running towards launch, which took us months because we were just a team of two for so long. And then eventually we made our first hire and we were a team of three. Right. So you're ready to launch and then a pandemic happens, a global pandemic, by the way. So can you talk a little bit about your decision to move forward, even though kind of the world was in flux and a little bit unsure about what was going to happen? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we launched in May of 2020, which means we were actively preparing to launch when the pandemic first started in March of 2022 or February, March. We were so confused. We, we were spinning in circles. We had no idea how long it was going to last. We didn't know how it would impact the economy, people's willingness to try a new brand or new product. Um, and we had mentors and investors telling us to just wind it down and just wait it out because nobody knew what was going to come. Some people were like, this is going to end in two months. Let's just hold, let's just like weather the storm. And, you know, Kim and I went back and forth. I remember having a lot of hard conversations with her. We were crying, we were confused. 
And ultimately we decided, you know what, we're going to launch the company in the middle of the pandemic at the start of it. At the time we didn't know it was the start, but, um, because ultimately we felt like what we stood for was giving people a sense of home, giving people joy, bringing that proud and loud energy, which is something that we felt like people needed during this time. And, you know, there was a lot of struggle that came from it. Like we had all these like photo shoots booked and like video uh, videographers, like ready to, you know, come shoot our recipe content. Kim had to do it all by herself in her apartment. She was the food, the, (laughs) she was simultaneously like the camera woman the food stylist, the prop stylist, the creative director, all in her apartment. And ultimately we were like, you know what, even though we had all these great grand plans, folks at this time during a really challenging time are going to be comfortable and, and maybe even feel connected to a more vulnerable viewpoint, a less polished piece of content. Like this is the reality of today. And like, let's just lean into yeah. that, that um kind of genuine and earnest nature. And so yeah, we launched in May of 2020. That's amazing. And so you've accomplished so much and, you know, you are partnered with your sister. What is it like to work with your sister? Like, I don't know if I could work with my sister or not. <laughs> it is so true. And and the reaction we get from everybody is like quite binary. It's either like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that, which is very few people. And then most other people are like, I could never do that. Um, you know, for us, I mean, for this company, it, it just comes so much from the heart and I just can't imagine doing it with anybody else. Cause we, we both feel the mission so deeply and we never question each other's like commitment in that regard. Um, I think the things that really make it work one, like high degrees of vulnerability, especially at the beginning, we definitely had more to work through at the beginning. And what we had to do was just show up like I said, from a place of vulnerability and, and candor and be like, Hey, like, I know I'm acting like this or I'm acting irritable or I'm acting passive aggressive. It's actually cause I'm so afraid of disappointing you. Yeah. Or, you know, you said that one thing when we were 14 and now I think you think I'm incapable. So <laughs> when I act like this, it's because of that, you know, that narrative. And so we had to work through so much stuff. Um, but now for the most part, I mean, we're, we work really well together we know how to navigate conflict and we have very different skills and capabilities, which helps us, I think, have very clear like this decision rights and roles between the two of us. That's great. So tell me what um, you do versus what, what Kim handles um, on the day to day. Yeah. So Kim is a creative visionary. She is kind of the heart and soul of the brand. So she owns brand. Um, and so what falls underneath that is like content, storytelling, mm-hmm. marketing, um, community. And then I kind of hold everything else as CEO. So that includes like products and R and D manufacturing operations, mm-hmm. logistics, um, fundraising and finance and strategy, um, is kind of like my wheelhouse. But I, at this point I used to, I used to operate across all those, th- all those things as we've grown the team we've gotten like kind of department heads underneath me. That's great. So how big are, how big is your team now? Cause you know, started with the two of you and it's only been two years. Like, yeah. Like how big- Including a couple of part-time folks. We're like about 11 people. That's amazing. And then I saw your office in Domino. Was it Domino magazine? It's a yes. beautiful. <laughs> so Thank you. What a nice place yeah. to work. Yeah. <laughs> we really wanted for this office to have the ethos of Amsam in imbued into it. 
Um, and maybe it's helpful to even share with folks what Ensemble means. Sure, that'd be um, great. Yeah, so Ansam is the name of our brand, and it's actually based on a Vietnamese word, Ansam, which is actually a negative term. It means kind of noisy or rowdy or rambunctious, and it's actually what our parents would say to us if they were chastising us for being in the like, you know, causing a ruckus or being in the back of the car, or like making a bunch of noise and fighting or whatever, playing. <laughs> and we kind of wanted to reclaim that word and put our positive spin on it. And essentially, for us, it was our way of reclaiming the narrative around what it means to be Asian American, which could mean anything. But for us, we wanted to specifically, um, you know, debunk the model minority myth, the stereotypes that Asians are docile or submissive. And instead we're like, Hey, we're proud. We're loud. We have a perspective and we are not going to pull our punches or be shy about um, that energy. And so you'll see it in our packaging with all of our um, kind of like elements that are related to like flame or like noise um, are like bright colors, are loud flavors that are definitely not pulled back at all. And even in this conversation or in yeah. interviews, right? Like we have a perspective and we try to live that out. It is so very clear throughout everything I've seen that you've done from your packaging to your website to any email newsletter that I get. It's amazing. And, at that, and I, I, I remember um, one of my team members reached out to Kim and I was like, who writes your copy? And she's like, me. Because <laughs> like, it's, so, it's really just so, so, so good. So, yeah, you guys have got it right on. It really is kind of speaks to who you are. For sure. Thank you. That's Thank you. Amazing, amazing. I'll tell Kim. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the um, the other things I, you know, is that is I think really special about what you do is your partnerships with chefs and being able to like kind of kind of like show people, um, you know, Asians are not just a monolith. There, we, there's all different types of people um, and different types of flavors and people from different perspectives. So I'd love for you to talk about how you created those partnerships. Um, totally with these, with these restaurant owners. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the intention behind it was based on this idea that, you know, what is, there's no such thing as a pan Asian. There's so, like you said, there's no monolith and I'm Vietnamese American, so I'm Asian, but I can't purport to be an expert. First of all, I can't even purport to be an expert on Vietnamese food. I'm not a <laughs> chef or whatever, but, but beyond that, like I'm not an expert on Korean food, Filipino food. Like we can't conflate all these cuisines. And so we thought the best way to honor and celebrate the communities and cuisines that we represent through our products was to involve folks of that background who built their careers in those respective cuisines in helping us craft the product. And they are so integral to the development process. So we call them our tastemakers, but they're essentially chefs or restaurateurs um, that are you know, experts in these cuisines. And so for every product that we have on the market, we work with a tastemaker of that background. And they're involved in everything from developing the formulation um, to helping us vet ingredients as we're sourcing them, all the way down to the marketing element where we're checking the way we're talking about dishes with them we're checking you know does this align with your understanding of like how this dish is traditionally prepared or or visualized in in photos you know there we don't believe in this concept of like quote-unquote authenticity meaning there's not one way that a dish can exist but the version that we decide to put out into the world we want to do the diligence to make sure it is respectful um that we put in the work to like really do right by that community and then beyond that, that we're fairly compensating the folks that are along for the journey with us who are of these backgrounds as well. 
That's great. Um, and <laughs> I, I told when I when I reached out to you, I told you we were going to talk a lot about uh, part, your partnerships. So we've talked about Kim and we've talked about these uh, the taste bakers, your chefs and restaurateurs that you work with. Talk to me about the brands that you've decided to collaborate with. Why you decided to do brand collaborations? I in correct me if I'm wrong. Not not a lot of CPG brands do brand do collaborations. If if I if I if I'm like understanding my research correctly, so I'd love to just hear about the decision to do that and how it's done. That would be great. Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish there was some, you know, like really robust strategy, but initially it was just because we were getting this inbound from brands that we deeply admired. And so our partnerships have been, have been kind of like brands coming to us because they, you know, they are inspired by our perspective or something like that. And so we've partnered with um, Disney, like I mentioned an instant pot. um, And then also, um, with Chops, the national salad chain, and Luke's Lobster. Um, so we've done some food service partnerships as well. But, you know, at first it was just kind of like seeing what's possible and not being yeah. like, being like, oh, we can't turn down an opportunity like this. Um, but at this point, you know, I think part of the why, reason why we do it is because, um, one, it helps us expand our reach. Sure. Um, you know, we are constantly building a engaged community and we want to continue to invite folks into it. And so working with brands like this, they have their own communities that we can kind of connect with. I think that's really important. Um, And then beyond that, I think it gives us a chance to like influence a broader population with our perspectives and our Mm -hmm. worldview around educating on Asian culture, right? Like the, maybe the instant pot customers that use our products mostly just like eat Asian food, but now they're in our newsletter and they are getting the shout, which is our weekly newsletter where we talk about all things like Asian America and culture. And, and we get a lot of responses from those folks as well about, you know, how they, how they are learning and evolving as they're reading our, our content. So there's a lot of opportunity there for us to just like bring people into our fold. Um, that's been really incredible. Then of course, like just like brand awareness. And lastly, I think surprise and delight is a huge part of it. Like, yeah. you know, we partnered with Disney on the launch of Raya and the last dragon. And that was the first Southeast Asian princess. And I don't think when people think about Disney, you know, movie princess partnerships, they're thinking, Oh, like online food brand makes a ton of sense. <laughs> but we kind of wanted to surprise people, especially that it was like around, um, that was during the pandemic or, and it's still part of the pandemic now, but like, I think we paired it and said kind of like dinner and a movie, like cook on yeah. then watch Raya. And I think that's kind of a way to like show people like, Hey, we have a, a place in your life in ways you might not expect and we can have fun with it. Yeah, that, that is so, so cool. So you've accomplished so much in the past, like, uh, like three and a half, two or three and a half years. T- give us a, some a pieces of advice you have for, um, those that are just getting started. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would say, so one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give is around your approach to communication as like a founder or an entrepreneur. I think that, you know, folks, when they're operating, they have one frame of mind and then maybe they'll put on a certain hat when they're like fundraising or if they're like pitching a retailer, right? Which is the like, I need to get you bought in. I need to convince you that this is going to be way bigger than what it is today. And I actually really encourage like the folks that I mentor or any other founders I speak to, to take that lens to all the other partners that you work with. Because Mm -hmm. if you're an upstart brand, you're at the end of the day, there's no chance that you can 
impact other people's like agendas or bottom lines or whatever it is that they care about in this moment, the way that other companies can, right? You're just not there yet. And so everybody that you're working with, whether that's prospective hires, whether that's your co-manufacturer, um, whether that's your PR, um, you know, contractor, you want them to be really bought in, super excited about what you're doing and believe in the potential. And so I just, I think it's a frame of mind that at, at the early stage, you kind of need to take to everybody, not in a way that feels disingenuous or like too slimy, but just authentically show them your conviction and your belief in what you're building and people will follow and people will throw their weight behind you. That's great. So is what is one thing you wish you had known when you got started? I I wish kind of wish that I knew how much of a personal growth journey this would be beyond <laughs> professional, right? Like you know when you're starting a company, you're like, yeah, it's gonna be hard. Like I'm gonna have to learn a lot really quickly, and that to me has been like thirty percent of the work. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just somebody with like more baggage no. than your average. No, person. no, no. <laughs> I think it's definitely this huge mindset shift having huge. a business. I think you I have grown, and you're, and you're not the, the only person that. Yeah, you're not the only person that I've interviewed that said that. Like, it, you, you, you've got to change in some way if you're going to have this business and it's going to grow and be this thing that you want it to be. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's huge. Like I and and to be fair, I think these are things that I would want to learn or evolve and change right. at some point in my life, anyways. But it's just getting condensed in like what would happen over ten years as far as these pers- this personal growth journey is happening in like two. Yeah. Like I'm going to be a way better parent if I become a parent for like, because I've been a, a manager of a startup, like, or a founder of a startup, like, there's a lot of things, like, your ego just gets wrecked, like, <laughs> you, yep. you learn that, like, having the answers is actually a weak, like, thinking you have all the answers is a huge weakness, like, there's so much that you learn that you can be humbled by, um, I just wish I was, like, a little bit more <laughs> prepared, but, you know, I mean, it's all part of the journey. No, I totally agree. I, I do have children. I think that I, I, I find myself wishing that I'd started a business earlier so that I could have been a different type of parent, mm. I guess. <laughs> so this will be really good for you in the future. <laughs> it will <laughs> yes. be great. Um, uh, let's see. I had one more question for you. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we have uh, what I call a money bell at Hudson Kitchen. And um, we ring the bell when we celebrate anything. Could be, you know, you got a new retail partner or you got your paycheck for some of the, some of the people's employees that work there. So I'd love to hear what you guys are celebrating right now. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I would say we're really, really excited. We're just around the corner from launching nationally at Whole Foods um, in every single door. And that is just, yeah, that's a, that's probably going to be a milestone in my life. So I am so excited to bring our products to more and more Americans to have a spot in folks' pantries um, and partner with a retailer as influential um, as Whole Foods just means a lot to us. So we're really excited. Yeah, that is so cool. That is so cool. And I, oh, I was also going to ask you, um, what do you guys do for fun? What do you do for fun? Are you, do you have hobbies? Do you, cause I feel like as entrepreneurs, we just work, 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 work. And sometimes you don't get a chance to do <laughs> some things that you like to do. So I'd love to, if you could share like what you do. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am, I am a huge believer in fostering balance, ample time for play and joy and human connection 
and practicing vulnerability outside of the workplace. Um, and so I've been very intentional about trying to protect that. And at times I don't do it and that, then I feel it, but I know that I'm a better manager, leader, team member for it when I do. So, um, one thing, a couple things about me, I guess I have a really, um, meaningful connection to music and rhythm. I love dancing. I love connecting to music by myself with others, sharing that. So I love going to see live music. I love going to dance. Um, I love expressing myself and expressing joy through that. Um, it's funny. I love cooking, but ever since cooking became more of my main job, I like tried to like fool myself by that. I'm not working by by leaning more into baking. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, this isn't cooking. This isn't my job. So like to relax a little bit, I, I bake a lot. And just the, the energy behind yeah. the output of baking is just like a sweet treat. Like there's nothing, you know, I, don't, I just like the energy around like, oh, indulgence and, and yeah, I find, I find it calming. Sweet. It's calm for some reason. And baking is like really calming. I don't know. I don't know why. It me. is. You can kind of like, you don't have the access to any, like you can kind of zone out a little bit, just like follow instructions. Yeah. So yeah, I love baking. Um, and then lastly, I, I journal all the time. I'm really, I, I'm, I'm a very like emotionally in touch person. So I have a lot of sensations and emotional experiences that I can't possibly just rely on my friends and family to process. <laughs> so I've been on this whole journey of learning how to like self-soothe and journaling has been a huge part of that. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing. So Vanessa, thank you for being on the Food Means Business podcast. You're one of our first guests and um, oh I, I just appreciate that. <laughs> oh my God, so, well, thank you for having me. Sure. And please tell everyone where they can find out about you and your brand uh, uh, so they can know where to buy the, buy your products. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So our website um, where you can buy our products is omsom.com. That's O-M-S-O-M.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at omsom. And we, my sister just does an incredible job with content. There's so much to learn and, and gain from just like continuously following. We don't just post about our products. We post about all kinds of things. Um, and then me personally, uh, my, my personal website is VanessaTFam.com. On there, I actually have um, office hours for the, like for community folks, entrepreneurs, other founders uh-huh. who are looking for guidance or help and people can sign up there. I do them every two months. And usually we have like six to 10 people join and I answer any and all questions. I'm a super open book. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm at Vanessa T fam as well. Um, and I do post about Ensemble and other things there too. Awesome. Thank you. And wow, thank you for doing office hours. I might join you one day. One day. Yes. We'll see. Oh my gosh. It's, it's really fun. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> this episode was produced in collaboration with the studio at Carney Point. To learn more about Hudson Kitchen, visit our website at thehudsonkitchen.com or follow us on Instagram at the Hudson Kitchen. Until next time, I'm your host, Janaba Johnson-Jones. Thank you for listening.